chillin' and a you will hear about the eliminating of the negative and a axing on a positive. And gather round me, chillin', if you're willing, and sit tight while I start reviewing test, the test. attitude of doom. Is this thing on? Oh, yes, it is. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the podcast, The Joyful Frugalista, and now here's your host, Serena Bird and Friends. Hello, Frugalisters, and welcome. Today I have a very special guest, and this is a guest that was requested. Special shout-out to Yvette. I'm going to keep this guest a mystery for a little bit while I share some news, and that is that I have recently launched my first-ever course, Six Weeks to Abundance with the Joyful Frugalista. That course started this week. It was sold out a week before it started, and it's a phenomenal course. In this case, all of the participants are ladies and it is an amazing group of women. It's creating such a vibe. I think the way that women support other women is truly amazing. I'm so excited to be part of this course. If you're interested in being part of the next course, I'm taking a wait list for names for the next course that starts in August. I haven't worked out a date, but it'll be probably the first week of August. So that's my news that I wanted to share Now back to our special guest, my husband Neil. Sometimes people say that they feel like they really know him. He gets a bit freaked out, will go somewhere and people say, Neil, I feel like I really know you, Neil. Does that freak you out, honey? Oh, a little bit. (laughs) Everyone knows me, but I don't know them. There's so many of Serena's friends where, which one's that one, Serena? (laughs) (laughs) I know who all my lovely friends are, which is a good thing. And I might add that Neil has even more friends than I do. I think most people who've read my book and know the story have heard about how Neil had a massive heart attack. It was a big one, wasn't it, honey? I don't know. I just thought I had tummy bug. Bad tuna. (laughs) Not my cooking, I might add. He'd been home and um, he'd eaten something for lunch. He was on holidays. I was yet to be on holidays. It was right before Christmas. But anyway, he had this huge heart attack. So it was two of your arteries were 100% blocked. Was that right? Yeah. Another on the left side, on the rear and on the right, there was a 80% and a 60% block. Yeah. Yeah. And then he got a secondary infection in hospital, which was sort of like pneumonia. So he was in there for a long time. What? It was three weeks. Three weeks. And during that time, Mr. Popularity Neil, you would have had about 10 visitors a day going in. It was like, how you got any rest in amongst that, I don't know. Hospitals are a bad place to recover. Hospitals are a bad place to recover. But anyway, the point is you have even more friends than I do. Yep. (laughs) The purpose of inviting Neil on, other than the fact that he's an amazing man, I love him very much, and he does all the editing on these podcasts, so I guess it's really a joint podcast rather than a solo podcast. Anyway. It's yours. <laughs> well, it's yours too. I you make, support you. You make me sound good, honey. You do a fantastic job. Is to talk about how we manage money as a couple, and in our case, it's the second marriage for both of us, and it all sort of happened fairly quickly, didn't it? Yeah, when it's right, it's right. Mm. You just know. Because we met in May 2017. Yeah. Well, my Facebook is flashing up memories at the moment. Yeah. RSVP. There we go. I sent out a kiss and you replied and you're the only woman that ever paid for a chat. I know. I paid instead of... (laughs) How forward of me. Yeah. Ooh. (laughs) Most of my girlfriends said, you never do that as a woman. You always wait for the man. I was like, well, stuff that. If there's someone I want to talk to, I'm not going to wait around. (laughs) 
You had credits to use up, you told me. Oh, sorry, I should have made it sound like you were more special that I would spend money on you. <laughs> I'm sorry, that sounds like really mean. <laughs> I didn't mean it to be mean. <laughs> anyway, so we met online and we went out for lunch and we had a nice chat and then... Personality was there. She was beautiful. I love you too, honey. But please don't ever refer to me as an oompa loompa again. Oh, it's the blue beret or whatever it was and this big red jacket and this... Yeah, he says, what's this? Yeah, my 1950s. <laughs> Big um, scarf. And, um, yeah, she's what's... very flamboyant and I'm from a very plain Jane sort of background. So, uh, Well, you asked me out again and um, I said no and you said, can we be friends? And I said, yes. And then you remember what you said next? Oh, good. I've got a date tomorrow night. I need some help. That's right. <laughs> It was the weirdest thing, and you were really into how you could make a good impression on your oh, new date. I hadn't dated for 28 years. It's hard, isn't it? Yeah, I was married at 21, so. And yeah. kids at 21. Yep. So kids before marriage even. Yep, 19 I started. So, yeah. It's so just, it's just a different world to it's me. It's just a different world. But anyway, we were friends for about three months, and then we started dating in early August, and then we were engaged in mid-December, and then you had the heart attack. Yeah. Not related. No. <laughs> they better of, not be related. I think it was lots of stress from going through a divorce, but anyway. Yeah, well, you know, it's always those things that happen at the same sort of time. Yep. So money. How have we managed money? So I have to ask the question. Cause well, I, we started off with that app of where we were sharing yeah. costs and keeping track of things, and we balance each other up and... Stuff like that, so... Split-wise. Split-wise, that was it. Yeah, because I remember you were staying over a lot early on and remember your mum used to say to you, will we be seeing yous tonight no. then, Neil? Because you were living <laughs> with your mum and dad at that stage while you were selling the former family house. Yeah, painting it and getting it ready for sale. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I was kind of like, I don't want a guy living in here by stealth who's not contributing. And I, you had a lot of expenses at that time, I remember, because I did your budget while you were recovering in hospital. Yeah, I was just... Odd thing, I know. Inherited a credit card maxed out and a few other things, paying, yeah, paying yeah. more than my share in the mortgage. There's a few things that were there, so... You yeah. had big mortgage repayments, because like I said, I know when I did your budget after we got engaged. Yeah. It was, there were big expenses. And I insisted you pay rent as well, which in retrospect you didn't really have the budget for. <laughs> but it was more that I was concerned sometimes. Like sometimes women can end up having, or men can end up having someone sort of moving in by stealth who's not really contributing. And I just wanted to set the bar. Yeah. You know. It's all right. I wasn't offended. <laughs> I brought the groceries home and spoiled your boys. And- he did. He bribed them with chocolate and ice cream and um, gave them good sense advice regarding computers, which I had no idea about. <laughs> the boys adored you. But then we moved to Splitwise, I remember. Yep. So I remember we were going down to Tarthra to visit friends and I said, let's not go to McDonald's again. I've had enough with stopping at McDonald's in Cooma. Not that I don't like McDonald's, it's just we go there all the time when we're passing through. So I chose a Chinese restaurant and we ordered and sat down. Uh, an hour and a half later. 
Was it was it that long? It was that long. It was a long time waiting at, <laughs> at this Chinese restaurant trying to get fed. And it wasn't that good, was no, it? No, it was pretty ordinary. It was pretty ordinary. And you turned to me and you said, well, you're paying for this one. I went, <laughs> but I've just paid for all these, you know, groceries to go down the coast to visit with friends and I'd paid for your dad's birthday present, I think, and a few things. And you're like, yeah, but I've just paid for petrol and there'd been groceries during the week and a few things. And I think the penny dropped at that point that, you sort of, you know what you're paying. You don't always know what your partner's paying. Yeah. And obviously we were we're engaged at that point, I think. Yeah. And that just kind of became joined and that sort of split-wise thing. It worked when it was when we needed it, but after that it just sort of fell away, didn't it? And I remember when it fell away. It was when in June the next year, so June 2018, and I was in Antwerp for work and you came over with me. You'd just recovered enough. I had to get back to work full time before I could travel and take That's leave. That's right, yeah. exactly. So you were just at that stage. It was a little bit ambitious, but it was good. You know, We rested a lot and you, you were good. And that was a great trip. Work-wise, it was very stressful, but outside of work, it was it was good. At that point, I was like, really, it doesn't make much sense. In fact, you'd been doing most of the grocery shopping because you'd been homesick for so long, recovering from the heart attack. So you were more than pulling your weight, like it was pretty obvious. And we were planning the wedding together and by that stage I knew we had really similar money values. Yeah. Like I knew you weren't going to do anything crazy. I don't think you would have anyway, but like we yeah. both shop at Aldi and Costco. and Got a 15-year-old TV and whatever. We're not sort of status-orientated. Yeah, it's a good TV. <laughs> You you rocked up and said you need a new TV. I'm putting in a new TV, well, new old TV that you had. It was yeah. really good. And then the other thing too was was tackling the credit card debt too. I suppose I can say I learned a bit off Serena, but I, I knew a bit as well. I looked at a um, credit card that gave me 24 months interest free, so I transferred to that and just whacked into it and paid it down. Got rid- The biggest thing is to get rid of the original credit card. If you get stuck with two, you're just silly. I remember yeah. it was hard, wasn't it? They They didn't want to let you go. Yeah. I think that's the problem too. That's why a lot of money coaches and financial planners say don't take out a second one even though you can do it at zero interest and it gives yeah. you more, you know, more buffer because they, it is really hard. You, were, you had to be really persistent. I remember you complaining about it. Yeah, I just poured everything into it, got rid of it. I think I got rid of it within about six months. It was pretty – plus I had um, the payout from the house and the settlement of the, the divorce and stuff. And this, this is the credit card that you put onto the new one? It was actually a combined one and a my own separate one. Both were maxed. So there was the eight thousand, yeah, and then there was the combined one. The combined one went not long after settlement. Yeah, because we cleared that with the settlement money. But yeah, yeah. Although it took a while, I remember you getting phone calls from creditors when you were in hospital, including in the ICU, because the monthly payment had been made because I was in ICU and someone else was supposed to make it. Yep, yep. Let's just leave that. <laughs> Let's just leave that and move on. But then the 8,000 one, I remember, we went on to the Money Smart website and looked at some calculators and you were currently paying about $140 a month in interest. And I sort of said to you, with this sort of numbers, because you were going to wait, you were like, look, I'll just wait until the settlement of the house comes through. I don't know how long that'll be. In the end, that would have been at least three or four months, probably longer. In fact, probably about six months. It was held up for various reasons. It was held up for various reasons. And I was like, well, in the meantime, you're paying $140 a month on interest. So let's put it to a zero 
interest honeymoon period credit card. So that then saved $140 a month. But then we didn't just leave that and forget about it. You were, and then eventually we were paying that down. And it did actually take about just under a year. But in that time, we had the trip to Antwerp, so a European trip. We got married and we had a family cruise, a big family cruise. There were 13 in our group. So we had all of that. that It was paid off before. Well, because the um, settlement came through, I got my, my my side of the house and blah, 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 and that's when I finished the final payments, I think, yeah. Yeah. yeah that was before we went to Antwerp and before we went on the I cruise. thought we decided to, I no. can't remember the details, I thought we decided to leave the zero interest one there for a while and pay it down gradually. No, I don't think so. I think we just got rid of it. I, I got sick of it. <laughs> <laughs> Closed it, got rid of it. No more. But the point was that was kind of our first kind of money thing we talked about really yeah. as a couple. Like you didn't hide it and pretend that you were more wealthy than you were or that you had more stuff on. We just sort of went, okay, well, this is the issue. This is how do we deal with it. Yeah, and then we started thinking, well, do we need a prenup or what a binding financial agreement? Yeah, we even got on TV with no speaking part because yeah, we weren't yeah. exciting enough. No, because <laughs> we looked at each other's assets and went, oh, well, you've got this and I've got that. And when you weigh it all up, there's only a couple hundred thousand dollars difference between us. I've got a very good super because I've been in the public service for a long time. And we looked at all that and to pay 10 to 20 grand to create a binding financial agreement seemed like a waste of time. Yeah, <laughs> but it took a long time to come to that decision. Yeah. Just to backtrack a bit, I, I, for listeners, I had done a, a blog post when we were engaged about whether or not to have a binding financial agreement. Because at the time on paper, it looked like I was in a much better financial situation. I had two investment properties. I had my mortgage and my apartment nearly paid off. I had a good job. I had two kids to support. And I was a bit concerned about this guy with credit card debt. Not really, but just was a little bit concerned. So I'd done this blog post and I'd also had some information about BFAs in my book. And then SBS was doing, Insight was doing a program on prenuptial agreements. So we got invited to be part of that. But like I said, because we weren't didn't say anything too controversial. <laughs> we didn't really make the final cut. But I'd much rather have my lovely man than have had a TV appearance for the sake of it, I think. Yeah. But, yeah, you're right. Like once we actually looked at the value of your superannuation and everything else, we sort of went, no. But this is an important issue because I know that both of us through the dating scene have met people who've had like issues nothing. of nothing or have had issues of being taken advantage of, had New partners who'd sort of stayed on long enough to be declared de facto and then taken them to the cleaners and, and got half their super and yeah, all that sort of stuff. And I guess both I was a little bit wary and I'd been a bit wary actually on the dating scene to be honest about thinking about you know, it's not just me, I've got two kids to support. I didn't want some guy just to take know, your assets, love bomb me with you know, Valentine's cards and red roses. And then after a while, I'll go, Well, that's it, I'm a partner and disappear. So I was really concerned about it. What concerned me about BFAs is that I think they really work if, say, one partner had inherited a lot of net worth or had already had a big company and there was a substantial difference before they married. It doesn't work if it's a young couple just starting out and they have nothing and they build it together, but when there's that radical difference. But then that means that those assets are separate, doesn't it? Yeah, well, you're just reserving something at the beginning. You're saying, well, I came into the relationship with this much, so you can't touch that much. And 
Yeah. Yeah. Like but this is mine then, and that's yours. Then what we learnt was that if someone has a child or situation changes, someone gets ill, BFA goes out the window, you've got to draft a new one. Yeah, so you've got to keep redrafting and redrafting. Yeah. Which isn't to say they're important. Like I think it's worth having this conversation about what assets you bring into a relationship and how you plan to manage it. But I think we had that discussion, didn't we? Yeah. And we had a discussion too about what we wanted to do to provide for our kids because you've got three adult children and a grandson and I've got two much younger children. Neil, start, you started earlier, didn't you? Yeah, going through it again. <laughs> I know the tricks this time. We don't have children of our own. We use <laughs> step-parenting my two who are 10 and 7 and, yeah, they know. They're like, you're like, I'm watching you. I've been through this before. I'm watching you. <laughs> A little prod in the ribs from the young one or whatever. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Having had that money discussion and then sort of I made that decision that I trusted you and I'd seen your money values, so what is mine is yours, my apartment is yours. And you've pretty much done the same. And so when I decided to quit work last year, my stable employment, to lean into doing this and other things, like you were really supportive. I know it wasn't even a question for you, was it? No. It's your passion. You've got to follow that dream. When you've got the opportunity, do it. Otherwise, you drive me crazy because you're just upset all the time or not (laughs) focused or... Never. (laughs) Never. We've got the means and why not? Yeah, exactly. And it's been really interesting, particularly during this uncertain time in 2020, like so many people are struggling and it just hasn't really affected us, has it? No, we've done well. I mean, I've completely changed from how I used to be. I've got two investment properties with we bought after my settlement because I had enough money to for deposits for them. No credit card debt. I got rid of a lease vehicle, which I had a good lease vehicle prior to the Gillard days. It used to be worked really good when you could do 40,000 kilometres a year, only pay 7% FBT, but they got rid of that and it was up to like 15% FBT, so it wasn't worth it anymore. Sold that off because Serena couldn't drive it. Funniest thing I've ever seen. Just trying to get a clutch to the firewall. <laughs> Vert- <laughs> vertically challenged. I might have got there, maybe, <laughs> maybe not. We got a, a late model Ford Territory, which was, yeah, good value, secondhand from Pickles Auction. But all these things we own. I haven't been in that situation where I've actually owned things in the past. It's always lots of debt. Yeah. yeah. I can relate because we're now recording this in mid-June and in my first marriage we had a lot of assets, we had a lot of investment properties. Whenever there were unexpected expenses like maintenance, it really hit us hard. And by this time, I would be hanging out for 30th of June because then I'd be hanging out to put in a tax return so we could get some money back because everything would be leveraged. Like we just had overdraft and credit cards and stuff. Like, But we had like lots of assets on paper. We just didn't have their cash flow. And I'm like, wow, like this is like mid-June and there's money in the bank. In fact, we're way ahead of the mortgage payments. I had an unexpected bill recently, long story, but I realised that I hadn't been charged land tax and I went back and I reported that and I got levied with a bill, which is fair enough because I should have noticed that they hadn't have been sending me bills. But it wasn't expected in, in the sense that although it was budgeted for, it wasn't on my radar and it was quite a large one. And it was like, yep. we got the reserves, so. No worries, like you got the reserves. And I was like, I was never used to be like this. There's no rush really now to put in the money for tax time. And this is despite me not drawing the same stable income that I was previously. Well, it's good. We've got that reserve built up in our mortgage. 
which really helps us. Well, we're saving interest, which means we're not paying tax on the money we save. So it's it's a double banger for uh, as far as investment goes. Exactly. Guaranteed return. Yep. So speaking of investments, maybe we should share what we're doing investment-wise and where we agree and where we don't agree. Where do we start? Our first investment was doing what is now called raise. So we had that small micro loan. Was used to be called Acorns. You had that before I came. No, no, I started that because of you. Because you, when you were coming over, this is when we were dating, and you'd leave all your oh, uh, loose I had change. Loose change, that's right. And you wanted to put it in a bowl, and I realised you had about sixty dollars worth of this loose change. I was like, Neil, <laughs> should be doing something better with this. Actually, I shouldn't use the words should, but we could be doing something better with this. I started it in my name because it's too complicated to do it joint, but it was always with the intention that it was joint. That worked well for a while. Yeah. I was planning to use it as a way that I could um, sell unwanted stuff and put it in there and then save money for the wedding. Didn't quite work that way in the end for various reasons. I wasn't as focused, but that was kind of the intention. Yeah. And then we bought a couple of investment properties, like I said before, just bottom end, two bedroom flats. Not very expensive, but God, they're always rented. They're always rented. They rent well. They rent well. In fact, having two $200,000 flats is better than having one $400,000 house because you've got two lots of income. Yeah. So if one dries up, you've still got half the income coming in. So it's a good strategy. The rental yield was quite good. In fact, one of them has been almost just just on positively geared from the go-get, which you don't get very often these days. And I wasn't in a neighbourhood that was, it's not in a slum neighbourhood, but it isn't in like the dress circle neighbourhood. It doesn't matter really, like you're providing rental, or yeah. we're providing rental to people who but need they're, it. They're walking distance into the CBD, they work well. Yeah, they're good quality. Yeah. And I like that about you too, like, because we'd looked at, I know we'd looked at a very nice apartment, potentially to run as an Airbnb, not far from where we live. And you'd looked at it and gone, yeah, it's all really nice, but like it's a lot of money and the returns aren't that good. And I went, I love this man. He's looking at the numbers. He's not looking, getting sidetracked by the yeah, interiors. The other thing in New South Wales is we're not paying land tax, so there's less costs. Yeah, so it made sense around a range of things. And my colleagues at work thought I was nuts because they were like, well, why wouldn't you invest in a nice apartment in a nice area? who would want to live in Queanbeyan was kind of the implication. It's like, well, lots of people. In fact, I've got lots of great friends who live in Queanbeyan. You were born in Queanbeyan. Yeah. you got family in Queanbeyan. And I've got too much family. Yeah, too much. You've got a lot of family. And we might even move there one day. We've been even looking at houses there. I like it. I'm a Queanbeyan fan. <laughs> so that was the, that was the second Struggle one. Struggle town, as it was always known. Struggle town. Yeah. And then they had done well, and then there were some that hadn't done quite as well. Oh, yeah, we played around with shares because I just wanted to learn a little bit. Never never touched them before, had an interest. So we started in January 2018. About half of them are done all right and half of them are tanked, but we're not doing too bad currently. But Serena got all excited about lithium, so we bought into some of them and they didn't do that well. And then, yeah, I should have listened but, to my friend. You no, know, we should listen to each other expert. At, <laughs> at different times, you know. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And I like that about you, that you don't panic. You don't. And when we talk about the shares, we have a little bit of a joke sometimes because I say, well, I said we should sell or I should, we should said we should buy more. And then you say, who said we should buy these ones that aren't doing well? And it's a little bit of a joke, but like we never blame each other, do we? No. Well, I, I didn't know about ETFs and stuff like that. Now I do. And that's the easiest way. Super Salary sacrifice, you super into a, a scheme that 
basically runs ETFs. That's all they really do. And then when you're 60, you, you collect it. You haven't paid a lot of tax. So. Well, that was the next thing too yeah. is we both looked at our super and we were both into our main super accounts, not contributing anymore because I'm no longer in the Commonwealth Public Services, but you are, but had our main super and then started salary sacrificing into small other super accounts. So looked yeah. at how to maximise that. And then more recently, we've invested in ETFs through Perla. Yeah. Done an initial early investment through that. And it was interesting during the stock market crash too, because we were having that discussion about when to invest. And I tend to be a little bit more... um, Aggressive? (laughs) Investing style. (laughs) (laughs) And you're a little bit more conservative. Kind of works well. You prefer to focus on paying down the mortgage. Yeah, which um, we've almost done. So Which we've almost done, so it kind of works well. Yes, I think most of those things are kind of on sync. Am I too frugal? Is it really hard living with a frugalista? Oh, there's some things you do, which like saving a glad wrap or going out picking weeds to eat, which is a bit... Ooh, uh, but I'm getting used to that, so... You picked out Purslane for me a couple of months ago. Yeah, because now I know what it is. Previously, <laughs> I would have just walked on it. <laughs> yeah, so you were out playing... And it actually doesn't taste too bad. Yeah, Purslane's really nice. But remember, because you took my boys out to the Oval to, to play a bit of NRL, sort of after the drought. It was before lockdown, I think. Yeah. And next thing I get all these messages from you, oh, there's all this Purslane, you've got to come down here. It's like, wow, he, firstly, he knew what it was, and secondly, he thought of me. Yeah, and then there was the, what was the other one, the mallow that you picked up? Yeah, the mallow doesn't taste quite as nice oh, as I mean, that was just the weed okay. in my dad's chookyard. The chooks wouldn't touch it. Oh. <laughs> it's a bit like spinach. <laughs> yeah, it tastes like parsley. It's fine. Yeah. It's good. Well, thank you, my honey, for agreeing to be on this podcast. Thank you for the editing you do. Well, thank you for putting me on the spot and uh, forcing me to talk and not be so shy there you go yeah well thank you put me in my uncomfort zone (laughs) oh you can edit out anything you don't like (laughs) all right thank you very much once again neil and for listeners please join us on the joyful frugalista facebook group to participate in more conversations i'd love to hear about how you manage finances as a couple if you are in a relationship or what type of qualities you look for in a potential partner if you are not currently in a relationship. You've been listening to The Joyful Frugalista with Serena Bird. She actually likes everybody. And of course, sound has been by Neil Hadley. And myself, I'm Joseph McGrail Baitup. you got a Accentuate the positive feeling Minate the negative Latch on to the affirmative Don't mess with Mr. In-Between